Aloha. Welcome to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but nothing replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Today we're going to talk about a very serious condition that sometimes people don't realize is one of the most common diagnoses of cancer for men, second to skin cancer basal cell or squamous cell, and that is prostate cancer. In 2023, the American Cancer Society projects that there are going to be 288,300 new cases and approximately a little shy of 35,000 deaths in the United States from this diagnosis. Worldwide in 2020, there were almost 1.5 million new diagnoses of prostate cancer. And this is a very serious condition that over the last few years has undergone a couple of different phases of recommendations for screening and also some new different ways to diagnose this and also treat it. So today I am happy to be joined by two guests. This is part one of our two-part series on prostate cancer. And I have Paul Mizue. He is the president of the Hawaii Prostate Cancer Coalition and the chairman of us to hawaii And also Ronald Nakagawa. He is a patient and a member of the us to support group. Thank you for joining me today on The Body Show. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Paul, we've talked quite a few years in a row now. This happens to be the month where prostate cancer is sort of in the focus as we're trying to help with earlier diagnosis and also make sure that men understand a variety of different treatment options available for them. This has become a mission for you because you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer and you've survived and you've had a lot of different treatments that you needed to have provided and you've done extremely well. It's become a passion of yours to help educate other men about prostate cancer. Tell us about your journey. Well, the issue is that I had prostate cancer back in, uh, I was diagnosed back in 2008. And uh, at that time, I looked at the various alternatives in treatment and one type of treatment that uh, captivated me was proton beam therapy. It's not available here in Hawaii, but it is available in, on the mainland. And it has some unusual properties that uh, really uh, uh, I was attracted to. And my, my friend had it also on the mainland uh, six months prior to I, I, I having it. And as a result, I, I went to Loma Linda Medical Center in California and got uh, 71 treatments over a period of about three months. And I, I thought everything was fine and it was good to go. But uh, five and a half years later, I had a recurrence. And as a result, uh, I had to get uh, two additional treatments to alleviate that condition. I had lesions identified uh, in my uh, actual in the prostate itself and also in, a, in a, uh, another location outside the prostate. And I had to have separate treatments for each. So within the prostate, I had, I had uh, uh, cryotherapy, which froze half the prostate and, uh, and alleviated that condition. And I also had uh, uh, additional external beam radiation on the iliac lymph nodes, which uh, was identified also uh, for recurrence. And I, again, I thought everything was good to go, so uh, uh, I, I continued to uh, activate uh, my PSA testing every three months. Uh, three and a half years later, I, uh, I had a recurrence that was uh, identified through a higher PSA, 
So I went to UCLA and got a Gallium 68 PSMA PET scan there, and they discovered another uh, location of a lymph node infection. It was this time it was in the linguinal lymph node at the base of the below the base of the prostate. So as a result, I got a, a third type of radiation called SPRT radiation at UCLA. And currently, I, I'm continuing to monitor my condition because it's continued to rise again. In about four and a half years, I've had an uh, increase in uh, PSA, now up to uh, almost almost 2.0. So I may take an additional imaging test uh, here, at, here in Honolulu to determine if I have additional recurrence. So this might be the third go-around for recurrence uh, regarding uh, prostate cancer. I'm thankful that uh, I do have physicians with I can trust as well as uh, uh, technical uh, capability here in Hawaii to at least help me out in identifying those conditions. So when you were first diagnosed back in 2008, was that just based on routine testing or did you have symptoms? How did that happen? There was no symptoms, but I did have a PSA increase. Uh, uh, it, was, it was rising from about 2.67 to 3.99 an increase of about 50% in three and a half months. So as a result, my urologist ordered a biopsy and from that uh, determination, he determined that it was uh, Gleason 4 plus 3 or Gleason 7, which is a higher intermediate form of prostate cancer. So that, therefore, from that, I determined that I must have some treatment. Uh, uh, I could have gone uh, and taken uh, Lupron or, or uh, some other inhibiting uh, antigen dep deprivation inhibiting device for a year until my Medicare got in effect, but I chose not to, and I wanted immediate treatment uh, that I could arrange. So therefore, I looked into this proton beam therapy. So you mentioned that you had to do that on the mainland for about 70-some sessions. You were there yes. for about three months? Yes. And after that, you thought everything was okay. That's right. And then a couple of years later, about, you said, four or five years later? No, five and a half years later, I discovered that I had the recurrence because uh, the recurrence for radiation-type patients is, uh, uh, Phoenix definition is that this 2.0 plus nadir, okay? So in other words, the value of 2.0 plus whatever your nadir was after your treatment and has to be larger than that. So in my case, it was about 2.5. And based upon that condition, uh, it was obviously a uh, recurrence. So you were monitoring PSAs regularly? Yes. Every three months I was monitoring PSA, even though I had treatment. And throughout your whole entire experience, some of the things that you mentioned, including the PSMA PET scan, that's a very particular scan for people who have a prostate cancer recurrence, and you're looking to find out where. Some of these tests are now available locally here in the islands. And That's right. There are three locations here in Hawaii which it is offered. So it's a, it's a boon to uh, patients which, which have uh, aggressive forms of prostate cancer or recurrence. So those patients, especially if they have Gleason 8, 9, and 10, should usually get, should get uh, uh, this type of imaging because it may show whether the lesions have escaped the prostate or not. Now you've mentioned Gleason a couple of times. Yes. Can you tell us a little more about that? Gleason is a, is a measurement uh, of dispersion or disaggregation of prostate cancer cells within the prostate. 
So under normal conditions, uh, it's very organized and dis- discreet and and identifiable. But when it gets to be a disorganized state, the more disorganized get, uh, the, the higher the Gleason score is. And if it gets up to Gleason 10 or 5 plus 5, then uh, it's almost assuredly a highly aggressive form of prostate cancer, and you're going to get have to get uh, treatment right away. So it's it's based upon the visual representation of those uh, lesions within the prostate. And I think it's going to come in a, in a future to be a source of uh, artificial intelligence because it's a, a matter of uh, identifying the organization of the cells within the prostate. So under the old system, uh, a 3 plus 3 meant that half the uh, 49% is a pattern 3 and 51% is a pattern 3 also. But if I had a 4 plus 3, that means uh, most of it, 51%, is, is a pattern 4, which is more disorganized than a pattern 3. Now, 3 plus 3 is the lowest form of prostate cancer. It can never be uh, metastasized. It, can be, it still shows the elements of, of cancer, but it's never been shown to be metastasized outside the prostate. So normally those, those patients would go under what's known as uh, active surveillance. In other words, watch the uh, prostate over a period of years to, to determine whether uh, somehow it's misidentified because uh, about 30% of patients, even though they had a biopsy, uh, there's certain lesions which are misidentified. They're actually hidden or as a lesion four pattern or even a five pattern, but not picked up on the original biopsy on a pathology report. So as a result, it continues to grow and affects, uh, affects the patient later on. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about firsthand reports of prostate cancer. We're going to hear from our next guest, Ronald Nakagawa, about how Paul inspired him, and he remembered a few years later some of the wise words Paul had shared. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today we're talking part one of a two-part series on prostate cancer. We've just heard from Paul Mazue. He's the president of the Hawaii Prostate Cancer Coalition and the chairman of Us Too Hawaii. And now we're going to hear from Ronald Nakagawa. He is a patient but has a special story about Paul that we discovered right before we started taping the show. Ronald? Yes. Um, for me, my, my journey began mainly with uh, my uh, primary care uh, provider uh, submitting a blood test uh, for checking for PSA, and and it was elevated. And that was the first uh, warning signal that um, I could have problems with my prostate. So immediately when my prostate PSA uh, reading was, I think it was about five or so, um, he referred me to a urologist, and I had... um, he was just checking to to see my prost- the PSA level, and then shortly after, he had me scheduled for a biopsy. But uh, that first biopsy, which is a random biopsy, um, it was negative. So uh, the thought was really that I was having uh, enlarged prostate BPH 
problems, which was causing the elevated PSA. So he, my urologist was monitoring me for my elevated PSA level based on uh, enlarged prostate, benign prostatic hyperplasia. So that continued for a while. But then several years later, my PSA started continued to rise. So my urologist had me do another biopsy. Um, and and actually, actually, I went through three biopsies. Uh, um, but to cut the story shorter, on my third biopsy, um, that's when they found out that I had prostate cancer. And so once I found out that I had prostate cancer, I remember I met Paul Mizui from, we were co-workers, and he did presentations at, at our office about prostate cancer. So I got in touch with Paul, and uh, I was already in a state of panic, in a way, because once you get the word cancer, you don't know where to turn. So I talked to Paul, because I know, I know that he went through this, and I luckily I knew about uh, what he was doing and his involvement with the us two organization and he gave me huge amounts of tips and information my first that was my first uh, reaction what if, what am I, what am i going to do i didn't know what to do once once the word cancer came out i i didn't know what to do when where where to turn um my urologist gave me um referred me to referred me to um the cancer, Queens Cancer Center. Um, once they found out I had the prostate cancer, but in the meantime, I was waiting for my first appointment with the medical oncologist, which took a while. So in the meantime, I was doing my own research, and I I was able to get in contact with Paul, and he gave he gave me a lot of information about um, what what to do. Um, and I signed up with the US2 uh, support group, and I was able to meet a lot of people with the similar conditions that I have. And then through there, they had um, Zoom meetings once a month. And in the, the, the Zoom meetings, I was able to meet other people that had similar conditions that I had. And I talked, communicated with them, and I got a lot of information um, about what to do, um, and in, while I was waiting for my appointment with the medical oncologist, which it was frustrating because it everything seemed to take so long, you know, trying to get an appointment for my 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 medical oncologist. Here I am. I have ca- I just found out that I have cancer, and I'm I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I got to do something right away, um, and but. I can't get my appointment with my medical oncologist right away. So I was doing my research on my own, and I, luckily I was able to get in touch with Paul Mizui. Well, I suspect that's a pretty common reaction when you find out that you've got a diagnosis and you hear the word cancer. You know, there's an in, there's a sense that you have to do something and start treatments and, and everything else in your life is sort of put on the wayside because you now have this big priority. It's cancer. You must decide to do something about it and then go about completing that task. And I'm sure 
Uh, Paul, when you see people who are reaching out to you because they either hear about you or they've heard your presentations, are those some of the first reactions that you often hear is, That's hurry correct. up, I've got to go do something, but why am I waiting? That's correct. Uh, one problem is that they don't realize what the severity of the cancer is. And that's where the Gleason score comes in, because if you understand the Gleason score in your pathology report, if you have one, then you could somewhat understand the uh, seriousness of your cancer. For example, as I mentioned before, if you have a Gleason 3 plus 3 equals 6, it's now known as grade 1 prostate cancer. It's the most innocuous form of prostate cancer. And that doesn't mean it's going to be necessarily always Gleason 6, because as I mentioned before, the simple aspect of biopsy can be misleading. About 30% is misdiagnosed on the first uh, biopsy because uh, you, you have these uh, occult or hidden lesions which are of higher, uh, higher severity. So first thing you do is understand the uh, pathology report if you have one, and then determine what your potential options are on that particular condition. If you have, a, for example, a high, highly aggressive form of prostate cancer, Gleason 8, 9, or 10, uh, it's, very, it's highly recommended that you get a second opinion on that particular biopsy report and pathology report because you don't know what sort of condition you really have. You know, it could be a very much more serious condition than initially diagnosed here in Hawaii. And we usually recommend the top pathologist in the nation, Dr. Epstein of, of uh, Johns Hopkins, to assess all the biopsy slides and the, bio and the pathology report. And if you have received a second opinion on that, then you're more assured that at least from a pathology report, it's a valid measurement of your con current condition. Of course, that's just a point in time. That doesn't mean your, your condition will change over a period of time. But at that particular time, if you have a Gleason 8, then you need to probably do something about it within the next six months or so. So that, that's the severity of it. If you have a Gleason uh, 6, you can sit on it for a while and, and not worry about it. Gleason 7, you can sit on it for a while and try to research it on your own and figure out what needs to be done and how do I do it and what doctors do I consult with and, and all that business, just as Ronald has done. So there's, it's not an urgent matter any time you have prostate cancer. It's a, it's a matter of severity of it. Ronald, do you happen to know what your Gleason score was? My, my Gleason score was 7, 4 plus 3. And it makes a difference if it's 4 plus 3 or 3 plus 4, with 4 uh, being the first number, being the more aggressive type of cancer. And, and in my situation, when I was diagnosed, it was diagnosed as Gleason 4 plus 3, and also my cancer also metastasized out of the prostate. But they didn't know that immediately from the biopsy because once they saw cancer on the biopsy, then the, my urologist referred me to have a PSMA PET scan, which is a more uh, detailed scan that can see exactly where the, the prostate cancer went. So once I had the PSMA PET scan done, this, it, my prostate lit up, obviously, because it was full of cancer. But also they noticed some prostate cancer in my lymph nodes. So that, that's when they knew it already exited the prostate and was spreading to outside of my prostate to, to um, 
the rest of my body. And and it, the scary thing was that there was uh, it lit up on my liver and my rib. So that was really frightening. So they told me to do further um, MRI and CAT scans to find out if if it really to confirm if it went to my liver, which was I was terrified once I found out that there's a possibility that the prostate cancer went to my liver. But luckily, after I did further tests done, the MRI found out that it wasn't can- prostate cancer in my liver. But So I, I really had to get treatments for my prostate, my lymph nodes. And, and on my rib, it showed that it, it was possible that there was prostate cancer there, but they couldn't tell. And they were saying, maybe I should do a biopsy of my ribs but the doctor said it would be easier to just treat it with radiation instead of going through the effort of trying to biopsy the rib. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to continue to hear Ronald's story and also talk with Paul Mizue, the president of the Hawaii Prostate Cancer Coalition, and hear a little bit more about what their stages right now, how they're doing, and what are some of the ways that we can help other men who get this diagnosis and help them to have an easier time going through this journey. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today we're talking about prostate cancer, and we were just hearing from Ronald Nakagawa. He is a patient and a member of the US2 support group, and he was diagnosed with prostate cancer and required treatment, and he went back to what he heard from his friend Paul Mizue, who is the president of the Hawaii Prostate Cancer Coalition, chairman of the US2 Hawaii group, and learned a little bit more about what to do while he was waiting for some of his other doctor appointments. Now, Ronald, you mentioned that you went through the process of getting a diagnosis, you had biopsies done, you had this PSMA PET scan done, there were some findings, you had to do some other workup of your liver, and they decided to do some treatment for you. What sort of treatment did you have? Well, first of all, uh, it was luck- luckily that I met Paul Paul Mizui through the us two support group where he referred me to some doctors on the mainland that specialize in prostate oncology. So I, I contacted um, one of the doctors over there and and I went through the treatment through his referral um, radiation radiation treatment at UCLA. Also at the same time I was working with the cancer center over here and uh, talking to the medical oncologists here in Hawaii, and they were recommending the same thing to have radiation treatment of my prostate. So after speaking with the the prostate oncologist specialist on the mainland, and he referred me to UCLA radiation, I, I, I did that treatment where I had one month of treatments five days a week for four weeks and I completed that just this past April so once I finished that um, my doctor decided he said that the next step depending on how how you want to be treated if you want to be treated really aggressively 
and try to eliminate all the cancer that metastasized out of my prostate. Um, he's, he recommended that I start chemotherapy, which is what I'm undergoing right now. I'm, he, he recommended that I have um, four sessions of taxotere chemotherapy, and I just finished my third session infusion of chemotherapy. And hopefully, after my fourth infusion, um, my treatment would be completed. So uh, I'm just looking positively on that, that process. But it's, it's a group, the, the, the chemotherapy is, 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 has been grueling for me. It just drains your body of the energy. Um, but um, I think it's, it, it'd probably be worth going through all this treatment. And hopefully, as my prostate oncologist of the mainland said, if, if I can finish the treatment, the radiation treatment, and the chemotherapy, and I can maintain a very low PSA reading, which is, which right now is it's looking very well because my last PSA uh, test was zero point point zero two PSA reading, and so if I can maintain a low PSA after all my treatments, um, my mainland doctor is saying that. If you can maintain remission for five years, that would be considered as being cured. So after my chemotherapy is complete, I just have to monitor my PSA and hopefully that my PSA will continue at low values and I could be cured. So this has all been this past year or so yes. that you went through this journey. If somebody was called you and said, I just got diagnosed, what should I do? What advice would you give them? Well, one important thing is to get in touch with us to support group. That was a big plus for me. Just being able to talk to other people and get advice through Paul Mizui and, and other people that have similar uh, conditions and, and find out what, what they're doing. Because that's how I, I also found out about getting a second opinion at UC San Francisco, because there was another US2 patient that had recently had treatment at UC San Francisco. And he had, he had treatment done there, and I found out that uh, I could get a second opinion done through them, which was very helpful also. So I think the most important thing for me was the support group and the communications with people with similar conditions. Well, Paul, how would people find out more about the US2 support group? And is there a website or place they can get more information? Yes, so we do have a website. It's called www.hawaiiprostatecancer.org, one word. And it's, it's put on by the Hawaii Prostate Cancer Coalition, but it has information concerning all our meetings from the US2 support groups. So we meet every uh, third Monday of the month. 7 to 9 p.m., except for Christmas, of course. And uh, we have no meeting this month because we have a uh, meeting at the UH Cancer Center. And anybody mm. can go to these meetings? Anybody can go to the meetings. Uh, of course, if you want to receive continuing notices from our uh, either myself or Gary Kim and want to be c completely informed all the time, then we request you be a member. There's no cost to the membership, simply a... Uh, 
means to show commitment and uh, that you are interested in the program. Well, I definitely want to thank both of you for sharing your expertise and your personal first-hand experience dealing with the diagnosis and the treatments that you've both undergone. Ronald, I hope that you are cancer-free and that that absolutely is an undetectable PSA as soon as possible. Paul, thank you so much for your work and what you do with the Hawaii Prostate Cancer Coalition and the US2 Support Group. Funny to find that that's where Ronald found out where he first knew he could contact you about it. If you'd like to share this show or you'd like to hear it again, you can click on hpr.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll be back next week with part two of prostate cancer in our talk show right here on Monday. We'll see you then. Woo!